you will do the best that you can do. Yeah. Um, and I, there was a lot of pressure, and it, it's not an environment for everybody. Hmm. But for me, like it did, um, it did really get the best out of me. I was not happy, but I got the I, I got the best grades. Yeah. That I could have gotten. I'm really excited. I have got Selena on the podcast. Selena is one of my closest friends I made and I used to work with. Selena, pleasure to have you on the Do Token podcast. Thanks for having me. Great. No, it's it's a pleasure to have you and thank you for doing this. And because I know you're a very busy lady as well. So I appreciate you coming on. So we'll just open it up and just basically, if you can kindly introduce yourself and tell us what you do for a living, Selena. Yeah, uh, my name's Selena Gabler. I'm a derivatives and structured products solicitor, and I work at a bank. Um, I focus on um, FX and commodity trading, um, and yeah, I do a full range of work in, in in derivatives. Under that, it's quite a niche. It's quite a niche area, but I love it. Um, it's pretty much been my only focus since I've been a solicitor um I've always found it really fascinating that's great that you do that and you know and it's a lot and I, I know second hand you know st- stuff like that is a lot of work so, so yeah so yeah hats off to you for doing that so the next part of the podcast we come to the due token story and this is okay. what share a story or opportunity or basically a positive great experience that you've been through Selena it's your time to shine what what have no, you got no, I mean I, I I I don't have like a story to tell but I can tell you a little bit about you know my life and like how I how I came to to the place that I'm in now if that's if that's helpful I think yeah that's pretty all I have yeah definitely take it away <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I grew up in London, in South London, um, on an estate, uh, called Clapham Park Estate. Um, and (laughs) I, yeah, I came, I, my parents, um, of, of Ghanaian, heritage my parents were both born in Ghana um although my mum she's been in London since she was a kid really so sometimes I don't really think of her as like you know Ghanaian Ghanaian <laughs> like British, basically British. yeah exactly yeah she's she's pretty much as as English as I am <laughs> um and um my dad was a musician. Um, he was sort of here performing when they met and then they, you know, fell in love and had me. Yeah. Um, and like the first few years of my life after I was born, we moved back to Ghana. I lived in Ghana for like five years and then came back here just in time to start school. 
Um, so when we arrived and I was just turned five, uh, I barely spoke English and I had to just like jump straight into school. Um, and uh, yeah, when my mom was ba- basically put me on this like intense, we only speak English, you know, just to get me ready for school. Um, so I've forgotten all my Ghanaian languages. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if someone uh, if someone uh, you know speaks to me I can sort of understand the gist of what they're saying but I cannot respond it's hilarious Um, so yeah I'm kind of like um, a a weird um, you know British Ghanaian person but like with very um, tenuous links to to her Ghanaian um, heritage, which is, I don't know, kind of strange for me. I, I think you can um, probably um, relate sort of as a um, fellow, you know, African in, in, in England, like it's yeah. sometimes really hard to um, get a sense of where you belong. Mm. Um, you know, people will try and tell you that you don't belong here. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, growing up, I definitely had a sense of like, well, if I don't belong here, then where are you saying that I belong? Because, you know, there's nowhere for me to go. Yeah. Um, I went to primary school in Peckham. Yeah. And then um, when it came to like secondary school, um, I there was a thing at the time called Assisted Places. Have you heard of that? Oh, no. Places. Okay, so it was like a government um, thing where you could, like, if you were from a, uh, like, a poor family, you could apply to a private school and, and the government would pay your fees if you, if you got in, essentially. Oh, right. Okay. Um, and, like, I think I was, like, the last year or the, the second to last year that the... That the initiative ran um so like honestly I, I credit that with everything I've been able to do since because um private school really kind of opened up a lot of opportunities for me it's not just about the education part which obviously w- was major for me you know it was the first time where I was like pushed academically I'd always known that I was clever but I was kind of left to my own devices at private primary school um yeah. and this uh private school I went to they were very much like you will like we will get the best out of you you like you will do the best that you can do yeah um and that, there was a lot of pressure and it, it's not an environment for everybody hmm. but for me like it did um it did really get the best out of me. I was not happy, but I got the I, I got the best grades yeah. that I could have gotten. Mm. And um, you know, you learn stuff like at this school anyway. I don't know if it's the same at every private school, but I learned stuff like you know what what cutlery to use for which course in a restaurant. And uh, 
<laughs> How um, to give a firm handshake? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> In state school, it's just like you know, shake your head. <laughs> well, you're telling me you don't know that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the knife off for? Just give me the knife off. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Mm. <laughs> I there was this like real sense that like everybody was being trained to like work in 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 a you know really important field I remember one time um someone asked the headmistress if we could um if we could start doing home economics like you know learning to cook and stuff like that yeah and she just looked at her and she was like I'm not raising you to be housewives (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was like okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Oh man! In a private um, school, or was it in where? Where? Where was that episode taking place? At the private school. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. It was an interesting place. Um, it was weird for me though because you know you, yes, it you, you kind of um. You learn a lot, whatever you you change as a person in a lot of ways, but also there's still that sense of like being out of place because you know you want to you know when you're at school you want to hang out with your friends after school and then you know you go to their houses and it's like you know houses that are beyond anything you've ever imagined, right? Or for me anyway at the time, mm. and then you know they come round to your house and you can tell they're like shocked you know negatively shocked yeah um, and yeah and I felt a lot of like shame about my home and my family and all of that stuff like mm. I had this really kind of intense um uh desire to fit in and it was really hard it, obviously it's that's what everybody wants at that age is to like make friends and fit in and yeah. all of that stuff. And like, you know, you're always, when you're always the odd one out, um, that's, yeah, it's a really hard way to grow up. Yeah. But um, I wouldn't change anything about it. You know, looking back, mm. it gave me the chance of life that I needed um I worked hard I applied to Cambridge I got in um and I had this like sense that that Cambridge would be the place where I would meet my people you know because I was like everyone there is going to be there for brains <laughs> right Every- <laughs> much it, isn't it? like you're there for your brain like, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Everyone that's going to be like interested in the same stuff. It'll be like... anyone that's not. <laughs> it will be amazing if there was someone that was there by luck. <laughs> I'm sure it happens, but that's not. I didn't meet anyone like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. um, I always, you know, say to people um, th- these days, I mentor. Um, 
you know, kids in similar situations to um, where I was and, you know, kids local to me. I live in the same area I grew up in now. Um, And I always say, like, Cambridge and Oxford people have this, like, idea that it's a place for privileged people. But, you know, they're some of the most um, meritocratic organisations I've ever come across. You know, and, and by that, I mean, if you meet the standard if you meet the academic standard they will do whatever it takes to make it possible for you to be there Mm. and um there's a huge lesson to be learned I think for for a lot of organizations on how to um you know work on social mobility and diversity and all of and inclusion and all of that um you know in a lot of um, the companies I've worked at, there's a real, you know, there's a conversation about diversity and it kind of, it's like, oh, we'd like that. We'd like the place to be more diverse. We'd like to have more people of color. We'd like to have more working class people. Hmm. Um, But then there's kind of a stall when it comes to how to make it happen, you know, how to make it happen in a meaningful way. And I, you know, I always say, you know, look to Oxford and Cambridge for, how, you know, how they're making it. Obviously, it's not perfect. It's, there's still a, there's still a lot of work to be done. Yeah. But um, I think a lot of places fail to understand that you can't make the criteria for entry the same for everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you have to acknowledge that everybody's coming from a different place with different opportunities. Mm. Um, and that's going to affect the way that they, um, you know, the way that their grades look, the way that their extracurriculars look, you know, a lot of people won't have had the opportunity to do, you know, the kind of activities that look exciting on a CV or Mm. or on a university application. Um, and you just have to ignore that stuff and think realistically about what they, what they have been able to do. You know, for me, I I had a lot of responsibility really, really young. Um, my mum was um, uh, my mum was sick for most of my childhood. I had a lot of responsibility at school. I didn't always um, make it into school. I didn't always get my homework done. You know, mm. not because I was lazy but because I had a lot going on (laughs) and if that had you know if that sort of stuff had been a barrier to succeed then it would have been over for me before I'd even started Mm. um I'm really grateful to Cambridge because you know they you know they made an effort to meet me where I was at the time I applied for um, classics, uh, which is, you know, Greek and Latin. Okay. And um, they were like, get an A in Latin and nothing else matters. That was my offer. Oh, wow. Um, I, I did get more than one A, but like <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's not that it took the pressure off, but, you know, yeah. it felt like a real offer that I could could achieve no matter what was happening at home. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I, I, 
I got that and I, I found a similar story with you know other working class people that I met that you know their offers were realistic based on you know <laughs> where they were at mm. you know um where they were at and what they were what they were dealing with at home um so that's if, if there's one thing that I um that I would like to share if there's, any, if there's anyone you know listening who is part of a hiring process or you know in a position of power where they can actually make real change in an organization mm. you know it's it's got to be more than just saying that you want to make change you've got to actually make hard decisions <laughs> make hard decisions you can't continue to do things the way you've always done them and then hope for change yeah um you know big things need to change a lot of the time it is about having someone not just in the room but empowered to speak who does have experience yeah of the of the lives you know that the type of people that you're trying to attract lead because people you know have blinkers it's very easy to assume that everybody grew up in the same way you did had the same opportunities you did but that is just not the truth that's just absolutely not the case Mm. I mean you know that as well as I do right (laughs) Um, Cambridge was was great I learned a lot. I um, I didn't do a law degree, which might might surprise you. Um, yeah, so I, I I did some really interesting things. It's the kind of place where if you're interested in something, like you can learn it, right? You can walk into any lecture that you want to for any degree, pretty much, and you can just learn whatever you're interested in. And that was a wonderful situation for someone like me I miss that it's very different in real life yeah exactly (laughs) um and um yeah I I am well aware that it's it's definitely opened up um the world to me in terms of my career because it, it it you know it's a I don't know, you know what it is, you know, it's, <laughs> it's helpful to, to have gone to Cambridge. Absolutely. You know, mm. people will, you know, take, take me a little bit more seriously. Um, and there's just that sort of understanding that, you know, I can handle things, you know, yeah. um, and I can, of course. It's not just a, it's not just a label. Um, it's obviously very, very different moving from um, education into the corporate world. One thing I didn't realize is, you know, once you're in a career, um, your level of achievement stops being you know, directly um, related to the amount of effort that you put in. There are, are other factors, right? And a lot of that factor, a lot of those other factors relate to how other people see you, what other people's opinions are of you, how they perceive you, whether they see you as a leader, whether they 
you know, and a lot of those perceptions are out of your control because people make very snap judgments about each other based on looks, on race, on the way they talk, on the way they dress. Mm. You know, the, the second you meet someone, your brain is already like categorizing them yeah. in a million different ways. And a lot of those things are not in your control. Yeah. Um, I really, really struggled for a lot of years with that. I felt really, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I felt really defeated actually <laughs> for a number of years and angry, you know, because I felt like there's nothing different about me in terms of my brain power or my motivation or my willingness to work compared to other people that I went to university with, I went to school with, expected to get the same out of my career that they did. Mm. And it was just, it was just different. It was harder. Um, I had a lot more to overcome. Um, But, you know, it's still happening. I'm still, you know, getting to where I want to be slowly, maybe slower than I expected to or hoped to. Yeah. Um, it's, we live in a, um, we live in a co- complicated, multifaceted society yeah. <laughs> with a lot of problems. Yeah. Okay, um, cool. So this looks, this actually is a nice segue or link to my next yeah. question, actually, because I was going to ask you, what would you say your plans are for the future and where would you see yourself in like five years time Selena that's a really really tough one I used to have like a really like detailed two-year five-year ten-year plan for everything and then it was only making me depressed (laughs) 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 oh my god there's nothing worse than like just looking at looking at this and and realizing no matter what you do you're not going to do it yeah Um, also it's hard to know what what um what goals are realistic Mm, mm. these days I try and have like short goals (laughs) short things that I can you know things that are in my control things I can uh measure um so yeah my goal for this year yeah um this year is really like my year of setting healthy boundaries (laughs) Um, I have had years and years of being a bit of a workaholic and like really like pushing myself and just before well just around the pandemic really like my body was like I've had enough (laughs) breaking down the pandemic did not help at all um I realized I had a huge number of health problems that all related to just you know putting my needs aside for work on a consistent basis so this year my only goal is to like you know take that time to sleep to exercise to cook for myself uh regardless of what is happening at work or with friends or anything like that 
Um, yeah. And that's really hard to do when you're a people pleaser. <laughs> so hard to do. But it's, uh, <laughs> it's my main goal. And look, I I feel so much better for it. So I highly recommend if, if anyone is, you know, struggling in their life, just take that step back and focus on what you need for yourself. Um everything starts to feel like it's optional you know when you're a go-getter and you're like the only thing that matters is you know achieving what I need to achieve this year but at the end of the day it will not matter if you're dead um what I I have this saying right now which is life is both long and short and by long, I mean, there is always time that, you know, your career is going to be so long. <laughs> you know, you're going to be working for so, so, so long. Mm. And whatever is happening right now, it will change. Mm. There will be another opportunity. There will be another job. There will be, you know, another chance to prove yourself. Yeah. But life is also short because, let's be honest, you know, everybody dies. Mm. Um, <laughs> no, it's true. You know, it is, it is actually true. Yeah. Everyone's going to. There is, yeah, there is absolutely. Like, <laughs> sounds, <we> are... <laughs> sounds a bit brutal, but it's true. You know? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's so true. I didn't want to take it there, but yeah, yeah, like we yeah. are all not, not immortal. None of us are I'm... immortal. You know what? It's funny. But, um, before, um, sorry to interrupt you, Salim, but it's funny because I remember when I was a kid and like a really young, young kid, and my mom broke the news to me that you will die at some point. Bursting! Or she's saying like how not everyone's gonna live. Um, like we're, we're all gonna pass away. So I was bursting into tears. <laughs> I was just like, what? And this is when I'm, I must have been like. I must have been really young because at an age where I just didn't understand it at all. Julius, so, um, I just imagine you but... hearing that at age 20 or something. <laughs> <laughs> and I was in tears. But then obviously when, as I got older, I understood, you know, why and all that stuff, reasons and stuff like that. But yeah, anyway, yeah, continue. Um, go ahead. What was yeah. I mean, death. <laughs> um, no, but like, you're right. Everybody, yeah. like, life is a condition that is 100% fatal. Mm. Um, and it's just all about what you do in that time. And yeah, am I going to be on my deathbed thinking, like, I wish I, you know, mm. drafted 10 more contracts? No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be thinking that. Exactly. You know, <laughs> I'm gonna be. <laughs> I'm gonna be thinking about the the home I built with my partner, hopefully, and the children that I raised, and the um, the walks that we took, and the, the 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 laughs I had with my friends, and 
all of those things. So I, I'm trying really hard right, to right. prioritize those things. Yes, absolutely. Mm. Because the truth is, if I drop dead tomorrow, yes, absolutely, everybody at work will be really sad that I'm gone, but they will find someone else to do my work very, very quickly. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not, I am not irreplaceable. Nobody is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and especially in, you know, in, in the corporate world, like everybody is easily replaceable. And, you know, you get, you get, you know, and you remember in the team that we were in, we were really close knit and we were like, we're a family. But really, that's a lie. We were not a family. <laughs> all of us are expendable. And that's what happened. Every man for <laughs> themselves or every woman for themselves. <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah Mm. um and that you know that family that we created is dead yes it was it was wonderful it was wonderful to work with you Julius yeah like still I still miss that every day yeah um but it's gone Mm. and um, it's it it was never something real that you can that you can bank on, but like you know your your real life, that's that's real. That's what's real. <laughs> like your family, your friends, you know your health. That's what's real. Exactly. Um, so that's my that's my that's my goals right now. Yeah. I would really like at some point to go back to university um I actually had before I started um my current job I had actually started um, a master's and and it's a part-time master's and I just never never finished because it was just so busy at work so I would really like to find some time to you know study a bit more um I'm a naturally curious person. I like to have new things to learn. And um, yeah, obviously I learn new things at work every day, but it's not the same thing as having a qualification for yourself. So um, that's that's another like long-term goal, but I'm not giving that a date. That's just going to happen when it happens, yeah, when, it there's happens. A right, when there's a right time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. And it's nice to hear your goals as well. That that's that's really, really good. That's 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 inspiring as well. Okay, right. So we'll move on towards the um end of the podcast, which is called the uh, Jew Token Vault. Selena, what what would you lock away basically in the Jew Token Vault? Oh my, I've been thinking about this for such a long time. It's so hard to narrow it down to one thing, one. Julius. Oh, two, uh, three, so many maybe. things. <laughs> So many things irritate me. <laughs> it could be two, it could be three. I mean, yeah. maybe this will sound really trite, but racism, sexism, every ism, oh. all of that stuff. Yes. Any, yeah. Anything that makes people uh, judge others on the basis of things that they have no control over the way they look the way they talk the way they were born you know none of us have any control over that it is a lottery mm. um you know race has always been the most perplexing part of it for me because i'm like there is literally nothing different 
about us <laughs> except the color of our skin. Yeah. Everybody has a different color skin. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it just, it always kind of like blew my mind that anybody, you know, we, we live in a supposedly, you know, modern age. And, you know, we live in an age of science, right? And people get science, but somehow, you know, they ignore this really important thing that science has proven, which is that we are all the same. We are all the same humans. Uh, race is not a thing. It's a thing that we made up and we tell ourselves means something. Mm. Um, but it really, really doesn't mean anything. Um, everybody is brought up in a slightly different way. Of course, there are different cultures, but there are different cultures within races too. So, you know, what are we saying? You know, my lived experience is different from yours, but technically we're in the same race. <laughs> um, you know, does that mean that we, you know, know something about, about each other? Other than the fact that I know that we've both probably experienced racism, no. Mm. Um, <laughs> And, um, yeah, if I could lock that all away, I think from, from, the, from the moment I was able to, you know, think about the world. So when I was, you know, from, like, being nine or ten, that's always been, like, my one, like, biggest annoyance yeah. is that, you know, people make assumptions because you're a girl, they make assumptions about what sort of things you're going to be interested in, you know, what kind of life you want. Um, yeah. And that was so frustrating. And then when I discovered racism on top of that, I was like, what the, what? <laughs> what's this? What's this um, what is this world? We <laughs> <laughs> made this word up. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, when, when I was growing up, everybody was like, you're so bossy. And I was like, am I really bossy? Because I feel like everybody I know who's as smart as me is exactly the same way, right? Like you do, you, 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 you are what you are. Am I really bossy? Or is that just like what you've decided? I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be assertive. I shouldn't have, you know, thoughts of my own, um, you know, I should be only interested in a narrow set of things. It's crazy. Mm. Um, obviously, you know, it's not something I can snap my fingers and get rid of, but if I could, that's yeah. what I would do. I would just have a blank slate for everybody and you, like the your destiny is your own. That's what I would love. <laughs> yeah, no, that's amazing. I'll put that in there. Hundred, actually, that would probably be the yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, definitely, hundred percent. That would be locked away. Racism, like, it shouldn't exist, and yeah, and it, and it will be a better world for it as well. So if it was gone, you know, so yeah, no, that's great, that's great. 
Okay, I think um, you shared enough to us, um, Selena. Actually, they really have I? Money, people have got their money's worth. Like I, I think... thought, I had nothing to say. I yeah, thought I had nothing to say. Yeah, you had plenty <laughs> to get off your chest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we've done good. But um, my 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 special thanks to you. Like, thank you for joining the Due uh, Token podcast, um, sharing thank inspiring you. stories, your experience, your successes. You know all of which people can watch and re rewind and hear it for themselves. It was really inspiring. And yeah, and I really enjoy, enjoyed um, having you on the Due Token podcast, Selena. So, Thank you for having me, Julius. I've had a really fun, fun time talking to you. Oh, thanks. Um, and it was a pleasure to have you on. And for the listeners, thank you for listening or watching. And um, thank you.